Hello everyone, and welcome to So What Happens Next. My name is Thomas. I'm Amber. And this week, we are getting our adventure questing caps on, wizard staff, swords, whatever you want to fucking call it. We're rolling the dice, gang, and we are diving headfirst into Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. You ready to uh, have a nice, like, for the first time since our kind of comeback here, a nice, like, main focus episode, like, old school style, kind of, we've never seen it, what's it going to be about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. And what a movie do to do it with than the potentially chaotic world of Dungeons & Dragons. If any of you have ever played the game or games like it, the tabletop RPG kind of game is... Uh, well, it's one that can go off the walls pretty fast, yeah. and this movie, fingers crossed, will do just that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before I dive into our usual five things list, I'm going to explain this a little bit, because, you know, it's been a while, and maybe some folks are like, who the hell are you guys? What, what do you mean, main mainline episodes? What are you talking about? So, we are So What Happens Next, a duo and occasionally a trio or quadrio, I don't know, quartet? <laughs> folks, depending on how many uh, guests we feel like having at the time, uh, where we go ahead and pick a movie that we've never seen, one or both of us, usually both of us. Uh, I sort of scour the internet for five general surface level things that don't spoil the movie, but give you kind of an idea of the film. I patch them all into a nice little shittily organized word document. <laughs> <laughs> I give those five things to, of course, myself and anyone else who happens to be on the show. Most usually Amber, of course, my better half across the table from me. We make up what we think that movie is going to be about. We take a minute, we go watch it, we come back to you and we give you our first impressions and our final thoughts. And we tell you if we recommend you watch this movie and give you our ratings. This week, like I mentioned, we're diving into the new Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves film. Uh, both of us have minor experience, at least, with Dungeons & Dragons, the game, correct, Amber? Like, you, you play the game. We play the game. Yeah, we play it um, at least once a month. Once a month. With friends. Very difficult. If you play this game, you understand that that alone is an achievement, to be that regular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting together everyone in one room. Yep. To sit down, one game. Yep, and yeah, and do do a session of D and D. At any kind of regularity is a good is a, an achievement, and I'm proud of us for doing what yeah, we do. Yeah, and especially with our group, we're just kind of. <laughs> well, and that's kind of where I mean things can go off the rails really quick. Yeah. So yeah, other than our brief experience of the game, uh, I have five very superficial things listed down on the board uh, for us to go ahead and go into it. So Amber, you ready to you ready to come up with a movie? Yep. 
All right. Let's dive into five things for D&D on our month eve. All right. Number one. This movie's cast is kind of cool. It's a fun cast, I think. Uh, we got, you know, Chris Pine is like the, the I guess, lead in this one. You have Justice Smith, who I mostly know from Detective Pikachu. Who's that Pokemon? It's Justice Smith, everybody. Oh. That is, that is, I know he's in other things, but I mostly know him from Detective yeah. Pikachu. And I like Detective Pikachu. Um, and then Michelle Rodriguez, uh, she's in Avatar, she's in Fast and Furious, I believe. Um, you know, she's family. Um, and there's like a ton of other, I think Hugh Grant's also in this movie. There's a, this cast is interesting. Like, it's a lot of known, you know who these people are kind of things. Um, number two, this, of course, like I mentioned, is based on the tabletop RPG Dungeons and Dragons, um, which if you are unfamiliar, it is a game, a fantasy game where you. It's very role playing. It's a role playing game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of make up a character and you just go on adventures in a world inside your imagination. Art thou feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? Dice rolls are involved in math, which sounds bad, but, you know. It's not hard math, so it works out. It's a fun game if you're into that sort of thing. But, of course, this is based on that game, uh, or at least the setting. Of, I can't say based on any one game, right? Because every game is different. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, number three. This is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who you may or may not recognize the names of. However, you will recognize some of the things they've done. For instance, these two are credited with writing, and I don't think directing, but maybe... Uh, what is, in my opinion, the best of the three Marvel Spider-Man movies, Mar- Spider-Man Homecoming, they're responsible for, like, that whole movie. Hello, Peter. Um, they're also responsible for directing, and I believe writing, the film Game Night, um, if you've ever seen that, with, I think, Rachel McAdams and... Yeah, I always forget his name. I do too, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that movie, I remember seeing everybody thinking it was going to be like whatever, but it was actually a shockingly funny movie. I think we watched that a long time ago. We did watch it a really long time ago. Yeah, Yeah. no, I really like that movie. But yeah, these are the guys that did that. So if you need kind of a beat on what this movie is going to be like, um, you kind of have that idea. Yeah. Um, And then to further that, um, if you want some more of what this movie is going to be like, Daly, uh, John Francis Daly has commented in interviews that this movie is influenced by The Princess Bride, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, The Lord of the Rings, and Indiana Jones. So if you want to blend that together into a movie, that's an intriguing mix, if I do say so myself. And then finally, because Amber, you know D&D, um, the party for this film the classes of the party for this film yeah. consist of a bard, a barbarian, a sorcerer, a paladin, a druid, and a rogue. Okay. I won't tell you who's who, but those are the classes that are our main core party members here. Yeah. Well, so let's make a movie. What do you got? Yeah. Well, obviously, Chris is the bard. Like, duh. Sure. I mean, we've um, seen trailers. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like that fits his I character very well. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, so I'm thinking of a misfit like a team of misfits mm-hmm. so to speak so people that are just generally bad like not like oh i'm gonna kill you know other people they just right. like mess up a lot i feel like and they're just generally not good people maybe more on the asshole side of right. things um 
but I feel like they're so generally how like these games usually go there's usually an objective right and so I feel like in this case this objective might be gold or it just might be some pretty stone or something like that and so I feel like these guys somehow end up at the same bar, end up at the same place at the wrong time. Mm. And they're just like, ah, shoot, we should like, you know, get together and go on this quest to obtain riches. Right. Um, But they end up getting closer by the end of it. And they actually do end up saving maybe like a town or something like that. Um, Yeah. And so that's what I'm thinking will happen. Okay. I'm kind of excited to see the Monty Python princess bride you know etc i feel like yeah like the princess bride i never would have thought of it but like that really feels like a D kind of like if any movie was going to be like D, yeah. i would say the princess bride totally inconceivable like that has that feeling of like and maybe it's because it's a story being told but like yeah like i yeah. never really thought about it that then way i'm like yeah. indiana jones i'm like okay maybe it has to be like you know indiana jones is like the epitome of like adventure movie right so like yeah that, like dungeon Especially, crawly kind yeah, of type yeah 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 but it'll be funny to see it with people that are i'm also thinking these guys just suck like so just <laughs> so like for our team, at least, so we have kind of like a group of misfits. Like we've gotten better, you know. We've you've gotten we've, better, but yeah, yeah. I DM the game, so I don't but have. But we have a yeah. wizard on our team who, at first, started with zero perception. Yeah, he was a dumb. And for a wizard, that's not great. But he's gotten a lot better yeah. since then. So I'm thinking like these people are kind of similar in a way. Like they also increase. They like, level up yeah. as the movie goes <laughs> and on. And there's probably going to be like a line in there. It's just like, oh, I leveled up. And it's like, burr, 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 like yeah. <laughs> type of thing or something. But these people are bottom level, like at right. the beginning of the movie. Okay. No, that's interesting. Like I, I think, um, you know, so I've heard at least there's a lot of like from people who've seen like early screenings, this movie definitely does a lot of like nice justice and like honor to the source material, right? Like it's going to have that kind of vibe of a D and D campaign. And that's awesome. Uh, my question for you though is, is have you seen the, the legends of Vox Machina? No, I have not. See, you I've just kind of it, described but, uh, the legend. <laughs> so I'm like, that's sort of how that starts. Like, <laughs> um, which I also have to say, like if you like D and D, um, the game, uh, it, that show is very good. Like that, I kind of hope this is like that in a way. Yeah. Um, just maybe a little less serious at times. Not that I have a problem with it. I just this feels more like a comedy. To me, I think this is going to be one of those like, like Chris Pine. Like I agree. I'm pretty sure if from the trailers too. Like Chris Pine's the bard, right? So like. I think this is going to be something where, like, he gets some kind of... You ever seen Over the Hedge? Yes. You know how Bruce Willis's raccoon recruits all the other animals to, yes. like, rob? I think this is going to be kind of like that, where, like, the bad guy, like, hires... Oh. Like, or in, I like kind of like how you were saying, like, oh, he's in, like, the bar, right? And yeah. they're, the party's in the bar, and, like, they're at the wrong place. Maybe he works place. for the bad guy. See, I think what it is is a bad person... You know, Chris Chris Pine is like, I don't have any money. I need money kind of type mm-hmm. shit, right? And somebody puts up, they're like, I need a band of travelers to go on this 
clearly very dangerous quest yeah. and like get something. It's called the Honor Among Thieves, so steal something, yeah. right? And I think he's gonna be like, "Oh, I'll do it. Me and my my party will do it." And he goes, "You, what party? Right? Like, who, yeah. who do you even have?" And he goes, "Oh, they're just not here right now, but like, we'll do it." And he's like, "Okay, you know, you have like a week or whatever to yeah. go get this thing, right?" And I think what he's gonna do is he's gonna trick a group of other characters. Like maybe he knows one or two people, but like he's he's gonna trick overall everybody into joining him on this quest, acting like it's like a righteous thing when it's yeah. really just like making him money. Mm-hmm. And like they go and they do it, and then they realize, oh, maybe this guy's bad and all that kind of shit. And, <laughs> you know, do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's where it's gonna go. I think I think like it's gonna be like that. I think that's where you're like character arcs are gonna be it's like this started as just a way to like swindle you and make money or whatever but then we all became friends at the end of the day kind of type thing and i think it's i think it's just gonna be overall like a fun funny and slightly actiony movie because like you fight in this game like we gotta have some kind of like action elements right like yeah fucking fighting zombies or some shit i don't know yeah fighting um orcs yeah, orcs or or dragons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's there's got to probably gotta be, be at least one, one dragon, dragon at least. Thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, that's more or less what's gonna be like. It's like he tricking he's tricking everybody into something, but then he finds a family along the way. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you have any other thoughts? Um, anything else? Like maybe you've heard beyond these five things that you like thinking or, or kind of like hoping for or expecting this movie yeah i've heard nothing but again if they include like some you know funny shit in there that only people who play D would understand that would be great as long like, as it doesn't go too deep to alienate people i wouldn't mind one or two little bones yeah thrown. like yeah. oh we should do this and then it just does not work like, have them debate <laughs> about doing something yes. for like <laughs> five minutes like just sitting like are you sure but what if we like but it's like like stupid right like I want to see something where it's like there's a door, right? And it's like the party shows up in front of a door and everyone's like trying to find. I think this is in Vox Machina. I don't remember. I could be just quoting it, but it's like everyone's trying to figure out how to open the fucking door. But the reality is like the door is unlocked. Just open the door. Like, like, you know, something like that. Or, you know, do we want to do this like really confusing way of doing something or just ask the barman, hey, do you know where this guy lives? Like that kind of shit. Um, I think that would be funny. I think overall it's going to be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've heard a lot of good things. I have definitely not heard anybody say, this movie is like Lord of the Rings in like that caliber oh, of film. Geez. Like no one. Jesus, no. And that's what I think is great is like everybody who I've heard online and stuff who has seen this movie, everyone has pretty much said like, no, this is a movie that knows exactly what it is and it is so much better for it. Like it is yeah. just entertaining and that's awesome. And it's good to know because I think we need more movies that are just that. We don't yeah. need the giant fucking long Yeah, plot I've noticed thing. a lot of movies coming out are more like that. Yeah, I think, I, again, I said this uh, last week with TV. I think we're kind of looping back on some movies too. We need that. We need the B tier movies, right? Yeah, I that, need the Meg. I like. need the Meg. <laughs> That's it. I need the Meg. <laughs> I need these, like, they're not necessarily garbage, but they're not like the massive blockbuster franchise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I need something where if I'm going to go to the movies, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to regret it. 
But I'm also not sitting here going, oh boy, I wonder if we'll figure out who Chris Pine's uncle's father's cousin's ancestor was that's going to make the fucking next movie a prequel or some shit. Like, I don't need that. Just give me a fun movie. If we do another movie with these characters, that's fine. But D&D, if you do it right, perfect fucking... Like, it's just the next campaign. Like, yeah. what are they doing now? They're doing something completely unrelated and different. But yeah. So, Amber, are you ready to dive into the mystical, magical world of Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves? I am. Well, if we can just take a moment of your time as we go and spend two hours and 14 minutes, not including transit to and from the theater, of our time, we'll be right back with our thoughts on Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. And we are back. Okay. I have to say straight straight out the gate, uh, I like this movie. This was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. It was uh, super cool. Amber, what did you think? Yeah, so I was really surprised at how good the movie was. Yeah, me too. Like, I didn't go in with the highest expectations in the world, but I heard it was pretty fun. But yeah, that was like a legitimately good movie. Like, it wasn't like anything, I don't know, it wasn't like high art, I guess, or anything like that. It's D&D, but it was like fun as fuck and enjoyable. Like, I thought it was, a, it was not what I think I expected in the beginning. Like, how I was like, oh, it's going, so like, I remember like my, my idea, right, was like, Chris, Chris Pine's going to be tricking a bunch of people into doing something that he like is, kind of, you know what, it's kind of like, because we also watched uh, Pitch Black I was kind of thinking it was going to be like a comedy-esque version of that where it's like Chris Pine's just having these people do something that will kind of only benefit him, ultimately tricking them into it, you know? Um, but it wasn't that. It was a lot more elaborate. Like, I didn't expect anyone to have a family involved. <laughs> yeah, there was an actual plot to this, guys. It wasn't just like like thinking back to other Hasbro yeah. Movies. Then maybe the, soon to come. The really bad battleship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get too deep in the weeds here, let's just go over our five things really quick that we had from before we went and uh, walked away to go see this movie. Uh, number one was, of course, this movie stars uh, Chris Pine, Justice Smith, and Michelle Rodriguez, among plenty of others. Yeah. Um, it also stars Hugh Grant um, and Sophia Lillis. And so Sophia Lillis... She's been in a couple of TV shows, um, I believe, or no, sorry. She was in the new uh, remake of It, I believe. Oh, yes. see, okay, I've never seen that. Yeah, okay. but she's also been in Like a in other of TV stuff, shows. obviously. Yeah. yeah, and then, of course, Hugh Grant. Yes, and then what is his name, the guy who plays a paladin? Um, Regine Page? Yes. Does that sound right? That okay, I right. hope I'm... Per- I know well, he it has a, an he had, accent, so is yeah. that Regé? Yeah, I guess Reggae, so. Okay. Reggie, Reggie, Jean Page. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're sorry if we got your name wrong, sir. But right. you did a fantastic. He was 
we'll get to it. But he was he was weirdly one of my favorite parts of the movie, even though he wasn't there. Yeah, the whole time. and it's funny because he's from Bridgerton, which if okay, any of you that's what he's from. Guys, okay. know anything about Bridgerton? It's just sexy British, sexy Pride and Prejudice. Yes, Pride and Prejudice, but sexy. Yes, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, of course, like, you know, we know we know Justice Smith, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith. Uh, I always know him from Detective Pikachu. He was the main character in Detective Pikachu. Yeah. And then, of course, Michelle Rodriguez from stuff like Avatar, Fast and Furious, that whole deal. Yeah. Um, number two, of course, is this is based on the Dungeons and Dragons game, which I have to say they did a fan fucking tastic job of integrating things from the game into the movie without making it inaccessible like the scene which i'm sure a lot of you guys if you haven't seen the movie you've seen this scene if you've like followed the movie at all where they resurrect the dead guy Mm -hmm. and like he's like okay i'll resurrect him you can ask him five questions and he goes back to being dead forever and they're like why five like that seems really arbitrary and so they have like this miniature miniature conversation like that's a weird weirdly specific number of questions and it's like I don't know it's just how this works and it's just like yeah and then whatever. of course they like fuck up a couple of times where and they, they keep like, doing <laughs> it yeah like that felt like it's, it's literally five questions but it was stuff like that where it's like of course it's arbitrary it's based on a game you have to have some kind of random limit yeah. right but then at the same time that felt exactly like what a D&D party would do yeah. it's like well okay let's just dig up the next guy and ask him the questions because we fucked it up the first time and just keep going yeah uh, this movie was directed by uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who uh, were pretty famous for writing the Spider-Man Homecoming movie and uh, directing the film Game Night, which we talked about in the beginning of this episode. And I definitely I definitely see what their style is now. Like, it's definitely light, but mm-hmm. can still have those moments of, like emotional heft like I definitely will say like this movie's kind of predictable um not in a negative way like you kind of don't want it to be too shocking but there's a scene at the end that we'll talk about where I'm like you know what even though I saw this coming from a mile away it still has that heft to it to where I'm like invested as opposed to just like ugh, of course they're gonna do this yeah but of course we'll get there later um as we said one of the, we said the part one of the party earlier, but we kind of went over the whole group. So the bard, barbarian, sorcerer, paladin, druid, and a rogue. And if I recall, that's not really the party. Like the bard is Chris Pine, the barbarian is Michelle Rodriguez, the sorcerer is Justice Smith, the paladin was a uh, Rage. Rage Jean Page. Yes, uh, the druid was. Um, Sophia Lillis. Sophia, thank you. I get <laughs> And the rogue was Hugh Hugh Grant. Yeah. Who like isn't really part of the party. He's kind of kind of one of the antagonists yeah. of this movie. Uh, and then finally, the film's influences included The Princess Bride, Monty Python, Holy Grail, Lord of the Rings, and Indiana Jones. And I think for the most part, at least those first two for sure. Yeah. Were in this like without a doubt. Um. I'd say less Lord of the Rings, aside from the fact that it's, like, fantastical, yeah. of course. But, like, Indiana Jones, I get that. Like, the whole adventuring yeah. aspect part of the movie. And like, trying to um, recover an artifact. Mm-hmm. That is a big, that is, like, a huge point of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's dive into it. Amber, can you tell me uh, uh, what this movie's about in not too many words? And then uh, we can dive into it. Yeah. And so this movie kind of starts off with, like, 
um, Chris Pines, so as Edgen Darvis, so he's the bard of the group, um, and he's imprisoned at this Arctic prison called Revel's End. Yes. Um, and basically, he's up in front of a council and basically trying to convince convince them to release himself along with Michelle Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who plays the barbarian. Um, so to yeah, so to release them early from prison, um, and basically gives us a backstory into what happened and how they ended up there. Um, and so what basically happened was that him along with Michelle and a couple other people that we mentioned, um, along with his daughter, his daughter is also a very important part of this movie. This was, and this caught me off guard. Like I was not expecting there to be like this family angle and like, and that they weren't like dead family. Yeah. You know, like it's not like here's a family and they died and now I'm sad. It's like, no, this is like a part of the movie. Yeah. And so he doesn't go too much into this until, like, later on in the movie. Mm. Um, but basically, his wife passed away um, due to something happening. And um, this is where, later on, he meets Michelle Rodriguez. And she kind of takes on that motherly, like, figure for his mm-hmm. daughter. Um, and so they, along with, like, you know, Justice Smith and um, everybody else... They kind of become like these uh, thieves, like a band of thieves, basically, just stealing things and whatnot just so they can kind of like stay alive Mm -hmm. Um, because he wasn't really, you know, doing that much when his wife, he kind of fell into like depression and things like that. Yeah, because he was a, what was he? He was like some kind of Oh, he was a knight. Yeah. Yeah, Of the Red Yeah. He was this knight and he was like, for all the things I'm doing. I'm not getting paid enough. Yeah. Right? Or like, sorry, not Red Keep Harpers. Oh, the Harpers. Right. He was like a like a spy kind of network thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was just like I'm not getting paid enough and decided to like steal. And yeah. we find out how that ultimately affects him later. But like yeah, in the beginning he's just like I used to be a Harper and now I'm not cuz I got kind of greedy and now I'm in prison because we got snatched during this big Yeah, where yeah. they worked with like this really dark sorcerer. Mm-hmm. I forget her name. Uh, Sophina. Sophina. Yeah. Okay. And Played so by Daisy Hugh Grant is just like, oh, we should work with, you know, the sorceress. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody is like, I don't have a good feeling about this. Like, she's like really, she's like really strong, but she's also really dangerous. I don't think we can trust her. And Hugh Grant's like, oh, it's going to be okay, guys. Right. Um, and they specifically are going to rob a Harper fortress. Yes. That has like dangerous artifacts that the Harpers have confiscated in it or yeah. something like that. And that's why they want Chris Pine to do it because he can still get in. Because yeah. he kind of was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like he, he quiet quit being a Harper mm-hmm. <laughs> in like the truest sense. He like decided, I'm just going to stop doing this and I'm just not going to show up to work anymore and no one's going to do anything about it. Yeah. And so Chris Pine's is really interested in going to, I guess, like the Harper's place is because there is an artifact um, that can bring back, that can basically revive, like, a dead person. Right. Oh, and, yeah, because she was stabbed with a special, like, a red sorcerer blade or something. Yeah. And that's, like, a no one can heal it. She totally died because there was no, nothing could happen. Yeah. Which so, is important to the plot. Exactly. <laughs> um, And so they, basically everything that can go wrong just goes wrong. Um, They get caught as they're trying to retrieve this, like, artifact or tablet. And um, Sophina... She's the one that screws it. Yeah. She freezes She kind of betrays them. And, like, you know, so Chris Pine gets stuck in this time 
bubble bubble thing, thing um, along with Michelle Rodriguez. And he hands the tablet to Hugh Grant and says, mm-hmm. you know, take, take care, care of, of this kid. and yeah, take care of my kid. And so that takes us back to the prison um, where, you know, he's basically like telling his story to them and saying, mm-hmm. oh, that's why you should kind of like let me out early. And they, him and Michelle Rodriguez keep asking why one of the council members isn't there the whole time. Um, and like before they give their final, like the, the funny, I think the funny way of introducing this whole movie is like before they give their final like approval or disapproval of his of his uh, release, mm-hmm. the the guy walks in and they go, oh, councilman, whatever, and it's this like bird man, and he gives him a hug and he's like, no, and they like jump out the window while holding the bird guy. Yeah, and it's so funny because in the background they were just like, we were about to <laughs> we just were gonna approve, we already approved your release. <laughs> yeah, like they legitimately got out of prison. They jumped out a window with the birdman, and which forces, of course, the birdman to like fly. Yeah, and save everybody. The other council person, she goes, "Oh, Gregory, like, yeah. <laughs> or something like that." It's just really hilarious because I guess this is a reoccurring problem or something. Yeah, like there is some clear issue with having a birdman on this council next to a window. Yeah. Like. So they make their way to Neverwinter, where they discover that Hugh Grant is actually the Lord of Neverwinter. Yes. And he is very rich and lives in a very big castle. Do you think maybe he's compensating for something? (laughs) Yeah, and he kind of, he kind of, uh, welcomes them in but then almost immediately double crosses them and they kind he reveals that he's been totes lying to the daughter for the last what two years or something like yeah. that like it's a period of time and like um like a f- multiple years that was not very paragon renegade for life and he says oh yeah like your dad basically broke in stole the tablet of riches not resurrection and uh fucked off and just said she's your problem now homie and left yeah and so she kind of hates chris pine yeah um and you know what like to speak on it i feel like this movie unlike a lot of movies we've maybe even done on this podcast actually deals with the whole lack of communication or or, or like breakdown of communication here really fucking well in my opinion because he'll straight he straight up like says to her like no that is not what happened at all and she's just like i don't believe you like after all this time hearing this and being like growing up with it really like i just do not believe you and i'm like that's honestly like such an easy way to solve this very common movie trope, right? Like, in tons of movies, you have this huge issue of, like, oh, the whole plot is based on miscommunication or, like, characters just not telling people things. Whereas in this one, he's like, that's not what happened at all. Like, what the fuck? And then before he gets the chance to really explain, it turns out that Hugh Grant, whose name is Forge... Which, now that I think about it, is so... St- I don't want to say it's stupid. It's in line with, like, D&D. Yeah. It's like, who's your rogue cheat character's name? It's like naming him... His name is Rogues McCheats. Like, it's that's, like, the equivalent of it. But, um, yeah, Hugh Grant, it turns out he's in league with Sophina, who we learn later is one of these red witches, sorcerer people. But at the time, I don't think we know that yet. Or, yeah. I mean, it's kind of really fucking obvious, but, like, the characters, they use, she uses her magic, whammies them away, 
And of course, now they're on this quest to, I guess, get his daughter back. Yeah. And the tablet, which he does not have. Hugh Grant still has the tablet. Yeah. And so they, you know, decide just like any good D&D game, <laughs> you have to build up your team. Yep. Get the band yeah. back together. And yeah. so they seek out um, Simon, mm-hmm. the sorcerer. Um, who is in a little town at the moment and he's doing like parlor tricks basically um, yeah. using his magic um, and he ends up getting caught by the uh, townspeople when he's trying to steal their money right. um, basically and jewels and whatnot and so they kind of start going after them um, but they eventually convince him to kind of go on this quest uh, with them to he, recover yeah. the tablet he um, kind of sucks at being a sorcerer. Like yeah. they, they sort of show that he's not very good. Like yeah, they, it's kind of the implication here is that they're going to need a sorcerer to get into because they're going to rob Forge. Yeah, like that's the whole move is like they're going to go get his daughter. They're going to rob Forge while also taking the tablet. Then they're all going to fuck off and bring them all back and and have a good time. Yeah, how's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy. <laughs> And Simon is like, well, we need our druid. And yeah, we need a druid. Yeah. Why do they need a druid? Uh, because they need somebody to infiltrate like the oh, castle okay. and to see like where the tablet is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, well, we need a druid. And I know of one named Doric. Um, and so they go to where Doric is. Who Doric is kind of like this like heroic like figure for people that can't yeah. like defend themselves. It's like a Greenpeace um, situation. No, it's kind of like Avatar. Yeah. Like, it's... She's, like, protecting the other druids and woodland folk. Oh, yeah. Right? Because she's... Because yeah. Forge is, like, destroying their forest. Yeah. Like, he's chopping it down and expanding Neverwinter, like, yeah. pretty dramatically. But yeah. she also, like, hates humans. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Warax. I speak for the trees. And so, apparently, her and Simon had, like, a little thing or whatever. Um, What's your opinion on their thing? Because I will say, this was not one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. It worked. But I got the impression, like, what he considered a thing, she considered, like, a one-night stand. Like, we're doing that kind of bit. Yeah. And so, she's kind of just, like, I was kind of, you know, turned off by you because you're so self-deprecating. Because, as we mentioned before, he's not exactly a great sorcerer. But it's more because he doesn't really believe in himself. His confidence is, like, in the dirt and buried under it. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty bad. And so, but eventually they do convince her to kind of come along on their journey so that, again, like, they're not just recovering this tablet, but hopefully, you know, kicking forward at Forge Mm -hmm. out and, you know, helping everybody else. Um, And so... She ends up infiltrating the castle, Forge's castle, to see where the tablet is located. Unfortunately, it's behind a wall or door. Like with some kind of magic. Red magic. Yeah, with this like red magic magic seal. It has like a seal of something. They make a joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. So like for those of you who aren't in the know with this type of stuff, the druids can turn into animals. Um, And so she gets to like turn into a fly and she's like buzzing around the castle or whatever yeah but it leads to like a really cool scene because again it's like when you play dun- it's like the movie has a it makes sense on its own right but when you play dungeons and dragons it's like oh obviously like this red witch lady just cast detect magic and then she's like <laughs> fucking pod people the pod people movie yeah the body snatchers body, invasion by she like kind of does the body snatcher thing and like points at the fly and it's like that's a fucking person yeah. and like 
starts sending shit. It's this yeah. cool chase scene where she's just changing animals. Yeah, and she uh, gets pretty close to being caught, but actually, like, eventually makes it out. And she's like, "Hey guys, I've got some bad news. It's behind like this door that's like has you know dark magic yeah. all over it." And Simon's like, "Well." The only way we can get in then is with this helmet mm-hmm. um, that I guess like magic doesn't like, like neutralizes yeah. magic. It mm-hmm. has a name, but it's like a, it neutralizes magic. And he's concerned because he'll have to attune to the helmet in yeah. order to use it. And he's like, I suck at magic. So this obviously won't be very easy. Yeah. And so but Chris Pine is just like, you got this, man. We can do it. We just have to go figure out where it is. Um, and so they kind of start their journey back in Michelle Rodriguez's homeland or no. So she, her backstory was like, she was a barbarian and she got kicked out of her like tribe for love. Yes. Cause she loved someone who wasn't like a barbarian. And I'll be honest in the beginning, I was like, I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. Like oh, I almost this forgot. Shit cracked me up. This was kind of funny. Like- <laughs> um, she shows up. She, they're like, we have to get some stuff, right? Yeah. Some stuff they left behind for them to prison. So they go to her old house, which is like the weirdest part is that the shit's in like the Shire, you know, like yeah. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> she shows up and she sees like her ex-husband or whatever. And he's like a fucking hobbit. Like, but it's He's not like just halfling. any hobbit. It's fucking Bradley Cooper, who is, as you said, a halfling. Like, yeah. he's literally a hobbit. I loved it. Because the whole time I'm like, I'm like, this looks like Bradley Cooper. Like, this is Bradley Cooper, <laughs> right? And, like, I looked, I think I looked at you and asked that, but I didn't want to be too loud about it. But, yeah, like, this was just so fucking funny. Because he, he's little. He's just a miniature Bradley Cooper. And you have, like, Michelle Rodriguez is just, like, this gargantuan person in this house. And they're talking about they come. They're like two ex ex uh, married couple, you know, the former yeah. married couple. And it's just like, oh, how you doing? Or like, I saw you painted the window. Like, is this like romantic <laughs> little thing? But then in comes Bradley Cooper's like current girlfriend or wife or yeah. whatever, who is also a barbarian woman. Definitely has a type. Definitely, yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, this these two people have a type. Like, yeah. that's kind of where they're at here, and they have this like. Sort of awkward moment because the other woman's like, oh, yeah, I've heard so much about you. Like, it's great to meet you and stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, thanks. And she's like, all right, we'll see you later. And she's covered in blood and she's like bringing <laughs> these dead animals and shit. Um, but, yeah, she gets she gets a cane that she gave to him. Mm-hmm. And then she gets like a, like swords and shit or whatever. Yeah. And so that kind of like allows her to kind of like move on. Um, but anyways, they go to this great. Well, they say, that's where they introduce the song. Oh. Right where it her, she walked away, she's sad, and Chris Pine oh, starts singing the right. song. Yeah. He's the bard, so he starts singing some song they always sang. Yeah, with them too, and then uh, Chris Pine's daughter Kira. Yeah, and so they, in order to get an idea of where the Helm of Disjunction might be, mm-hmm. um, which they think it's at this like old graveyard where Holgo's ancestors are um, from this great barbar- barbarian yeah. war. Um, and so they start there, and this is where we talked about the beginning, where Simon is just like, we can do the five questions right. thing. This um, was fun, too. Yeah. I actually was worried that they split, because so when this movie was out, and I might have mentioned it at the front end of this episode, I remember like they had released this scene, or the beginning of this scene, I guess, where they resurrect the guy, and they kind of do this old-timey humor where it's like, 
they keep ending things as questions. The dead guy answers them and then he just dies before they ask anything actually relevant. Um, and it's funny, but the prob- the the real good joke, in my opinion, is they're like, fuck, okay, well, we got to do it again. And Because I remember thinking, watching a scene like, oh, I guess they can only resurrect one dead guy. It turns out they just keep doing it. And I have to say, like, for just a minute here, I love how this movie does exposition. Because, again, it felt like a D&D campaign. Because everything that happens in a D&D campaign, right? Like, all the crazy lore stuff you'd learn, right? It's just being told to you, like, as a player. Like, it's someone sitting there going, long ago there was this shit. It's up to you to visualize it. But then what this movie does is it takes the characters that would just be sitting there listening to the shit, and it tells you, right? Like, so the whole thing is like this battle, right? This battle happened, like, hundreds of years ago or something, a thousand years ago or something like that, where... It was between these barbarians and, and this person that had this helmet and they were getting the helmet away. And as each person is interviewed, you get the different pieces of the story of like where that person was in the battle. But we flash back to these moments and we see the epic fighting. So we're not like bored. Yeah. And I don't know, this movie just did it in such a way where I was like on board. Like it didn't do too much. It didn't do too little. Like I was down with it. Um, as opposed to like other movies where it's just like, talking at you Mm -hmm. or like it's a piece of a movie you'd rather see like this actually felt like it was leading up to something but this scene was also hilarious because you have like one guy who's like yeah I had it and the next thing I know I was dead (laughs) (laughs) and it shows him like get his head hacked off while he's holding the helmet one guy's like I think my favorite one is the guy who's like they're like hold on like the captain guy said he gave it to you. Your name's like Smorgan Gergenbander or something. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm Jorgen Bergenbander. Smorgan's my brother. And they're like, but you were at the battle, right? And he's like, eh. And the guy, <laughs> <laughs> he's like getting out of a tub and he slips, whacks his head and just dies before anything even starts. And then they have to go. Finally, they get to the guy who tells them. Um, what happened with the helmet and he's like cut in half yeah and so the helmet was given or helm is what it's called was given to zinc yandar so a paladin who fled his country um who was also played by regie regie jean page um and so it was given to this guy who fled yes um uh, his country Thay um, because the Red Wizards turned his people into an undead army. Yeah, so he'll be he later explains the story there, which is essentially which is, you know, obviously the big bad evil plan. Yeah. And so yeah. they all go seek out Zinc, um, who Edgen is not or Chris he, Pine yeah. is not a fan of. Um and Zinc is like, you know, seemingly good guy. Like he's doing really like nice stuff right. for everybody. Like he saves a kitten from a fish and yeah 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 Yeah, and everybody's like yay he's kind of like superman yeah like in he you know who he's like he's like dave batista's character drax in guardians of the galaxy almost identically except instead of being like a violent loving kind of bad guy He's the opposite. Yeah, like he's just so good, and he's like super attractive. So everybody is just like in love Fawning with him. Fawning over him. He's a badass hero. Yeah. He's but he, he everything is literal. Like yeah. he doesn't fuck with sarcasm or, or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, when did we establish? Like three seconds ago. No, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Oh. But anyways, he tells them that he knows where like he left the helm or where the helm he is. He hid it because yeah. he didn't want anyone fucking with it. Yeah. 
But he also explains what happened to his people. Yes. Because Chris Pine hates... We've learned, I think, by this point that the people that killed Chris Pine's wife were like these red sorcerer mage yeah. people um, from like a specific place in the world. Mm-hmm. And like there he hates them. And so when he finds out this guy is from that place, he's like, this guy's no good. I don't yeah. trust him. But what this what what Zinc explains again in a super crazy cool flashback is that the people of this area, these this evil, clearly evil Mordor-esque lands. They were like, the leader of them was like, I'm going to be the leader of the world, right? And so they created this magical horn thing, which we see Sophina steal in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Chris Pine's story. That. It placed a curse on the people. Yeah. And so it, like, it released this the, like yeah. poisonous cloud that basically turned everybody undead. Yeah. And, and Zink was somehow. Yeah, yeah. And Zink was somehow able to escape as a child. He started getting whammied. Yeah. And then got away. Yeah. So he has like the tattoo marks yeah, on his head. But, but he's not like possessed like right. everybody else. Um, and so that was kind of like his backstory. But, but before, the movie kind of hint, hints that's the that's the that's the thing. That's what yeah, we're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. That's Sophina's evil plan, right? Like the mm-hmm. whole movie. Yeah. And so before agreeing to take the group to where the helm is located, he asks Chris Pine to swear that he will any bounty that he gains, he will give it back to the people. Right. You're not going to keep any of the money. You're yeah. Give it and so Chris Pine is begrudgingly like, okay, because they need the helm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Zinc takes them to this underdark place to retrieve the helm, which is like this cave system. Yeah. If you've played Skyrim and you got to like, um, oh my God, I can't remember the name anymore. They have something like that in Skyrim. Yeah. Like this whole... Below the map, there is this underground network that spans the whole map. Yeah. It's just the... Oh, my God. I can't believe I don't remember the name. Comment if you remember the name of that place in Skyrim. It's been too long since I've played it. But, yeah, it's like that. Um, and that's like their dungeon for the Dungeons and Dragons bit. <laughs> like, that's where they go yeah. to get the helm. And there's all kinds of crazy... Like, the brain-eating brains or whatever. Like, there's a lot. this is where, like, a lot of the little, like... You know, D and D, not fan service, but just like, hey, look at that! Like, point and go. Yeah. Hey, it's one of those things. And he's like, don't move. Like, you know, they eat it's, your brains and yeah. take over your body. It's if like, you're intellectual, yeah, yeah, they're like the smarter and they just you like are, pass the more by. <laughs> and Chris Pine is just like, well, that's an insult. <laughs> yeah, it's like the smarter you are, the more they're gonna like smell you, and they just kind of casually walk by the whole group, and it's like no questions asked. Yeah, and so um, the staff that Holga took from her yes. former home i guess so simon realizes that it's actually a staff like a magical staff. Oh, but before that though they have that brilliant i loved that joke with the bridge oh because they get yeah. to the bridge and zinc's like on the other side of this bridge is the helmet except yeah. the bridge is stupidly specific yeah and this is i think something that screamed indiana jones to me when like in the third indiana jones mm-hmm. movie that's like walk in the name of god you have to walk on jehovah yeah. and all that it's like that ramped up to 11 because he's like you have to walk on the left side yeah. while like facing the other way and go every other all the odd number stones but then when you get to the halfway point you have to find a way across and then do the even ones but reverse and then it's like it gets really complicated just as Smith steps on a part and the whole bridge just disappears into the yeah. lava and then they go into like a whole 
conversation about like, well, Simon, why can't you just build a bridge? Or no, like, why can't you just magic us over there? <laughs> and all I, so again, for you guys who don't play D and D, don't give a fuck. Why are you listening to this episode? Why why are you even interested in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> but like, all I can think of is so like, I DM a game with Amber and a couple of our other friends, and the the number of times can't Amber's character or or, or our friend who plays a wizard. Can't you just do something with magic to fix a problem? And I have to be like, no, you can't do that. Like, you just can't fucking do that. And this scene, this scene encapsulated that beautifully where they're like, can't you just magic us across? He's like, magic doesn't work like that. And like screaming about it. But yes, it does turn out that the staff or the walking stick that Michelle Rodriguez gave Bradley Cooper years ago. Is is a is it hither tither? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a it, it's basically a portal gun, um, for lack of a better way of putting it. It's a portal gun, but it's a magical stick. Um, and that's they're able to get across with that. Yeah. And then they unfortunately run into some of the um Thean assassins yeah. that um Chris Pine Pine hates so much. Um, and so they kind of have this like um, one-off battle between Zink and then one of the assassins. Oh, he kills all of them. Yeah, he, he like, does. Well, but the problem is they're undead, and so right. they keep coming back. But this is where this is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> so they're you know fighting each other and whatnot, and they retrieve the helm, but mm-hmm. not before this fat ass dragon. I loved this. This was great. Crawls out of this like <laughs> hole. And, of course, like, you start seeing, like, oh, there's a lot of, like, bodies here. Yeah. Like, well, like, skeletons. And you're just like, wow. Like, that's a... <laughs> I think they say that's a really fat I think they just dra- straight up say, like, that's a fat dragon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or something. <laughs> like, or, like, at most, at most the elaborate is, like, uh, it's, like, really well fed or something. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they said that is one fat dragon. Yeah. Like, but it's- they make it intimidate. This is, again, this movie knows what it's trying to do and it doesn't fucking brilliantly like in other movies where they'd be like it's just smog but it's fat and haha that's the they joke they call it Themberchod Themberchod in in any case I feel like the 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 note right was like smog but fat yeah and like instead of just <laughs> doing like a dragon that yeah. was just Benedict Cumberbatch but fat they actually have it's just like a monster it doesn't talk but like they actually have it be intimidating like it, instead of just like crawling after them and it's this goofy yeah. like pug looking dragon it's no, like it's, I'm a fucking roll yeah it's doing death rolls like Ew, a god it's like an alligator <laughs> just like rolling around at them and, and they're all like we everyone takes it very seriously because it's like this is a fucking dragon regardless of its weight yeah it's fucking our shit up like I think it kills the undead folks yeah. or something. Yeah, like it just gobbles them up. But, but anyways, they do some fun stuff with the portals. I, I'm glad that that wasn't just a, oh, we yeah. can get over there, McGovern thing. It's like, no, we can actually like fuck about with this and they're jumping and like, yeah. it made me go, a portal movie would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they're able to escape um, and they kind of say goodbye to Sink and we also have this like little part, I guess, on the beach where Simon <laughs> is trying to connect with the helm and he's not able to. Yes, he, he sees actually his... puts it on and he meets with his great grandfather or yeah. grandfather. Time stops and yeah. he sees this vision. Yeah. yeah, and so his grandfather is like, "You're not worthy of like you know having this helm or using this helm," mm-hmm. and so he just basically like 
pops him yeah, away. Pops yeah, pops him away from it. I guess they reveal that, like, Simon's ancestors were, like, these really well-known, powerful sorcerers, and Simon is just kind of not. Yeah. And so this is where Chris Pine comes up with, because his whole thing is, like, coming up with plans. So he's like, okay, let's go to plan B. Um, and so what they do is they use the portal gun and to try and they use that to try and infiltrate the castle. Well, there is a bit of that inspirational, right? Because isn't this throw on the beach and like he's like, I can't attune to it. He takes yeah. hours. He keeps getting his yeah. ass kicked. And like they have this moment where they're all talking about like what it means to do this and why they're doing this and all that other stuff. And they all kind of Chris Pat's like, I'm going to do this whether or not you guys come or not. Like I, I need to save my daughter. Of course, Michelle Rodriguez is down. And then everyone else just kind of joins in. But yeah, they get this, this, then it became a fucking, this movie's so cool. (laughs) It just became like this cool heist movie. It all, not all of a sudden, like it is partially that, but yeah, they do the cool shit with the portal and the painting. Oh my God. He's so goddamn cool. Oh yeah. Because there's going to, uh, Hugh Grant brought back these like Coliseum battles that yeah. were kind of deemed too barbaric by yeah. the other Lord. And so they were like banned, I guess, but he's like, I'll bring them back. And it's, we're definitely doing a little bit of a rich people commentary there while they're like, all the rich people are going to bet on those games. Yeah. And then make money. And so all the rich people are bringing their money in. Yeah. And so the, they basically put, they use the portal gun to basically create a portal through a mirror and they place that into one of the carriages that's carrying lots of mm-hmm. like money, gold and whatnot. Um, and so they're just like, oh, it'll be put into the area where we think that the helm is going to be. Um, or the tablet and all the gold. Yeah, the tablet. Yeah. Or yeah, sorry. It's, yeah, um, it's kind of a plan B, and then yeah, they'll use yeah. the helmet to try to get in through the door. Yeah, unfortunately, even though they have good intentions, like it doesn't really work out because the mirror ends up like, um, like the portal ends up being like uh oh face covered. down, yeah, yeah, face down. So they can't actually use it. Like it's just a wall right there. Yeah, they, they have like, to like etch part of the ground to try to flip it or something. Yeah. Is what that becomes. And so what ends up happening is they're just like, okay, we got to go back to plan A and just yeah. basically just like go Get the in. helmet to work and just yeah. open the door. Yeah. Yeah. And so Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez and Simon head there while um, while Sophia... Sophia Lillis, yeah, D- Doric is like trying to cut enough Yeah, away. to see if she can get in through that way. Right, basically. so she can just... Because I think it's like she's like, if yeah. I can get down to like fly size, I can just zip through a hole. But I need there to be just enough of a crack for me yeah. to fit through. But Chris Prine does his like bar thing. This was the scariest this part. This was of amazing. <laughs> I loved this part. <laughs> this was hilarious because it's like... What was it like? Simon creates an illusionary Chris pa- uh, Chris Pine who's playing music yeah. and distracting these guards while they sneak around the guards. Yeah. But then gets his foot stuck and he can't focus. <laughs> and so Chris Pine's illusion, Chris Pine starts going like a broken record, and the guards are like what? And then his face starts to warp, <laughs> and like his whole body's and they're like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? And so they end up getting chased down, and Michelle Rodriguez, in true barbaric fashion, just takes out all of them. Oh, she's been doing um, that the whole movie. She's kicking ass. Yeah. Left. Every scene she's in involves some kind of, like, you can tell she's the muscle, and Chris Pine's the brains, and like, he doesn't do, he does yeah. barely any fighting, and she just kind of smashes everything. <sighs> Yeah, but 
but Chris Pine actually goes after his daughter, whereas right. the other two, they go to the door. And so Simon, he, um, like, tries to get in tune with the helm, mm. and he eventually does... Um, By punching his ancestor. Yeah, who ends up being <laughs> himself. It it's was, just yeah, older, he was older fighting himself. himself. Yeah, he was fighting himself the whole time. Yeah. Because um, Chris Pine, what does he say to him? He's like, every time we've ever done anything... You have always, you work your best under pressure. Like, you suck as a sorcerer. But then when you're put under pressure, you always figure it out. So, yeah. like, I'm kind of counting on you to do that this yeah. time. Um, and so, uh, Simon and Michelle Rodriguez, they go into the room, but realize it's empty. Yeah. It's a trap. And so, they get ensnared by Sophina. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Pine seemingly finds his daughter in her room and it's just like you need to come with us and you know trying to basically this. tell her yeah. like you know I wasn't lying like the tablet is like a tablet for resurrection like resurrecting right, someone right. I'm trying to bring your mom back and but he it has ends a heart to heart yeah he does I, I think that this movie did that really well to where he his character growth isn't necessarily his climactic moment with his daughter because he admits and I loved this line when he's like I wasn't trying to bring your mom back I was trying to bring my wife back because the reality is his daughter never knew her own mom like she was a baby when the mom was killed and he was just kind of he kept telling himself I'm bringing her mom back so that she'll have a family again when the reality was that she always had a family it was just him and Michelle Rodriguez and her and Chris Pine just wanted his wife back, and yeah. he couldn't let go of that. Um, and I think that's something that like Zeke talks to him about, or Zinc talks up to him about earlier in the film. But yeah, uh oh, it's not your daughter. Like, you have this emotional <laughs> moment, and your daughter just laughs in your face as she steadily transforms into the red witch, Sophina. Right? It's, it is yeah. Sophina, right? It's not someone. Yeah. Yeah. And so Hugh Grant comes in, and he's just like, "Oh, like we caught you." Sucks to suck, yeah. bro. And he's basically like, "Oh, now I have to kill you." Um, but I need to go. You know, basically have fun with my rich friends. And then so. I'm gonna get on a boat, and I'm gonna fuck off while Sophina does her thing of taking over the world. Or yeah. Whatever. And so, but instead of like Sophina killing them, she's like, "Oh, how about we just place them in the game?" Yeah. Chris, Chris Pine's like. Well, just put us in yeah. the games like give us get yeah. let us do a show and she's like oh they deserve it like the fucking throw them yeah in and so they get put into the game which is basically like a maze mm-hmm. um but monsters are kind of unleashed upon them oh, that panther thing is yeah. creepy as fuck i don't know all the monster names in this franchise but that thing was that thing was terrifying like it, it, it like projected illusions of itself and then it would make you think you were fighting it and then it would just come up behind you and kill you yeah. and I'm like oh my god yeah. like, and the so fuck? they managed to escape the maze by going into some goop that like oh the the gelatinous that yeah. one I do know a gelatinous because cube. all yeah. of it just like goes down so like into the like basement area of like the yes. coliseum and so that's their kind of like their way out because there's no other way yeah um, it so dissolved. they're just like fuck yeah. this we're just gonna yeah try and go down um and so they are able to escape and they actually go to where forge is about to leave on the boat mm-hmm. with all of the uh treasures um and Forge is holding Kira hostage, and basically they're able to overpower him, and they take control of like the boat and kind of leave him stranded on the dock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as they're moving away, however, they notice that there's this large, you know, dark cloud, 
hanging over um, the Colosseum. And they realize that Safina, she has the horn Mm -hmm. that we were talking about before. And so she, her plan basically was to um, unleash like the poisonous cloud onto everybody that's there and turn them into another undead army. Because the whole of Neverwinter is like at this Colosseum. Like it brought everybody to one spot. And she's just going to whammy them all turn them all into the monster people. So, of course, our heroes have to decide to do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, we got to go back. Like, we can't let these people die. Um, So they turn the ship around. They, like, crash it into something and get off. And they're like... Yeah, the earlier in the film, uh, the daughter, Kira, she got this, like, invisibility necklace. So, like... When she wears it, she just turns invisible. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the big things of stealing shit was they would just have her go steal shit. Um, they also, when they were in the games, both Simon and Doric had these like bracelets, these like anti-magic bracelets on mm-hmm. that kept them from casting magic. So they've gotten those off obviously since, but they have like they found that they were able to get one off during the thing and they it's kind of one of those like wink remember this kind of type things in the movie yeah but their plan uh to to get everybody out because they're like we need to get everybody out of there um before this hits them and there's this giant balloon i forgot about this till just now the balloon with hugh grant's face on it yeah um they use the hither tither the portal gun to like pop the um pop one portal on the mouth of the balloon that's flying over the city and then they just start shoveling the treasure through the other one yeah um because hugh grant tells everybody there's going to be a special gift for you at the end of today's games wink 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 and which was going to be turning into zombie monster men but apparently now they're like oh it's the treasure yeah but it draws people out from yeah. the stadium before um, the curse like takes effect, mm-hmm. um, and so of course like Safina is like really mad because right. like her plan kind of basically failed, um, and so this is where you have like the battle. Yeah, with here's the, a big fight sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, with with the evil witch, right? So they're all fighting her, and it's cool. Like it's fun. Like mm-hmm. she makes like a stone dragon come alive and. Doric turns into various creatures to fight it and shit, and they're doing that. Yeah, um, but basically that invisibility pendant that Kira mm-hmm. has, so she places, she eventually places that on Safina. When she does the time thing. Yeah. That's right, because Safina was like, I'm going to get you like I did last time, yeah. and she stops time, and everybody freezes, and it's kind of this, oh no, how are they going to get out of yeah. that moment? It's- but... They were faking it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she's not really able to use her mm-hmm. magic anymore. And Dork just beats the shit out of her. Very <laughs> Avengers Hulk and yes. Loki, like just beating the piss out of this woman. Yeah. Um. Except unlike Loki, she doesn't get back up. Yeah. <laughs> she like throws her against a wall and it crumbles and crushes her to death. Like yeah. she's done. But unfortunately, Holga gets stabbed by one of the daggers that's red the, magic. Yep. Just like those red magic yep. daggers, and man. so there's not really anything that they can do and she Mm -hmm. eventually dies and this is where chris pine has to make the decision on whether to use the tablet on her um or you know his wife and he comes to the realization just like we said that Mm -hmm. um michelle is what his daughter needs you get a very lovely flashback too of like her being a mom yeah it was (laughs) was fun because like you see earlier like the reason she even did this was because she found chris pine like drunk out of yeah. his mind 
and then took him home, like took pity on him and took him home. And then found out he has a fucking baby. Oh, they, yeah. she had, he had the baby with him at yeah. the bar. And so she takes them both home and, like, you know, helps them get back on their feet. But, I like, yeah, you get this whole, like, montage of her teaching Kira stuff and them just, like, doing things. And I have to say, like, even though you see it coming from a mile away, it's, like, it's still, like, it can it emotionally pulls you in just enough to where you're, like, I want to, yeah, like, do the thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kira gives him this not, like, this really, like... And I think that's really what sells it to me is that he holds the tablet and he like looks at his daughter and his daughter without even hesitating a moment is just nodding like use that thing right now mm-hmm. save her um, and brings her back to life and she's like oh my god you wasted that thing on me and they sing their little song or whatever and yeah 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 um, and so you know everybody is saved the whole like city is saved um, and they get. Don't they get pardoned or something? Because the there's like one of the people from the council was at the games. Yeah, they do, and they kind of become the also heroes. Yeah. Somehow revives like the old lord of Neverwinter. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do. Have you seen you've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yeah. right. They kind of do that whole thing at the end of that movie where Patrick Stewart just appears and they're yeah. like, "Oh, Richard the Lionheart is back. He's from the Crusades or whatever." And he's like, "What's been going on?" Like they kind of do that thing where I guess they they say that Sophina had put him into some kind of magical yeah, slumber and, and now she's dead so he just woke up and was like whoa what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so he declares like the team as like heroes of the realm and Forge is also sent to Revels and also yes. trying making his case and trying to escape using I'll using just the call bird. him Gregory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. put up they had put up a wall. Yeah, they bricked up the windows. So they yeah. just smashed <laughs> in the window. Or the wall, yeah. Yeah. No, that and I love because he's like, and that's why I think like I've learned my lesson. Like I understand it. And then he just grabs the guy and like hauls ass at the wall, smacks into it, falls backwards. Um no, and that's I believe that's how the movie ends. Um very D and D fashion, the whole "you are now heroes of the realm." Congratulations, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think overall? Like, let's 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 obviously not dive into it. We kind of did that, but I mean, you know, like wrap it up here. What what were your sort of first impressions and final thoughts on this one? Yeah, I thought this movie was really good, and at no point was I like, "Oh, I want this to be over." Like, yeah. this is so dumb or whatever. Um, but it was actually a really well thought out film um like obviously it had like you know a goal like mm-hmm. in true D fashion it's just like there's a goal or a quest that you right. have to embark on and then there's also your big baddie so like the sorceress or dragon or whatnot that you have to defeat and but i did not expect to have as much heart in it as I did like you know the interactions between different characters especially between like Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez who are not a couple but they're kind of co-parenting they're very platonic in that regard they're just like yeah obviously really good friends and they care about each other and just kind of like the relationship between Michelle Rodriguez and also like the daughter which I did like that relationship a lot yeah like there's very much I think that is an interesting point to make here because that was a really interesting dynamic of like Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine are clearly not a couple yeah but they are both parents mm-hmm. and Kira's very clear like oh my god might as well call you mom Michelle yeah. Rodriguez like 
attitude torture the entire film yeah. not just at the end but like the whole movie yeah was like really interesting to to show because i feel like that you know in the modern day that might be more of a common thing than not with yeah. like a lot of single parents and stuff or even with parents who are divorced but still like on good terms and yeah. just like co-parenting the child like mm-hmm. that's cool so it was kind of nice to see that like dynamic exist yeah. and it be healthy as opposed to it be some kind of issue yeah um which I think lent itself, of course, really well to, like, Chris Pine being like, I want to bring my wife back from the dead yeah. because, you know, and it, and it make that sort of, like, a selfish-esque thing. Because even, even Zink is like, you know, how do you know that wherever she is now isn't better than where she was here? Yeah. Right? And it's kind of that interesting concept where, like, if you believe in an afterlife and you resurrect someone... Well, if they were, like, in a good afterlife and you just ripped them from that and brought them back to their world, yeah. like, it's not going to be okay. Um, so it was, like, some interesting thought things to go through on that regard. Yeah. So I agree with you. That was fun. This movie had a lot more heart than I thought it was going to. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I overall just really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And just, like, the really funny bits were really funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. The... The humor was spot on and it wasn't again this movie was really accessible like I feel like anyone could watch this movie whether you play D&D or not and mm-hmm. you're gonna be fine like yeah. you're not you're not gonna go I don't know how to play this game so I don't understand the movie um and it's like nah like you're fine yeah you know and, and it does what it does well it's a great little like fantasy action adventure movie oh and it's also like a good D&D movie on top of that so yeah you don't need one to be the other in this case, and you're fine. But yeah, this movie had a lot more depth to it than I thought. Um, I really enjoyed it. I agree with you. It was paced very well. This movie was, like, really well articulated. Like, it didn't really have anything I can complain about in terms of, like, pacing. And you guys know me. I hate these long... I hate when movies are too fucking long. Like, <laughs> you know, movies are getting longer and longer. I'm going to say it here bring intermissions back if you're going to start pushing this two and a half hour movie or hour movie length crap then give me an intermission man mm-hmm. uh, at the hour 15 mark because i'm getting sick and tired of sitting there having to pee and missing crap and then not missing anything because the movie's bloated this movie was not bloated this movie was pretty straightforward but also like amber said wasn't bored but wasn't like mindless actiony stuff you know like like I'll say that about John Wick. It wasn't boring, but it wasn't boring because there's just like something cool happening all the time. Yeah. There wasn't a lot that was like, especially John Wick 4, where it was like, this movie's really long. It's just a long action yeah. sequence. Like, it's cool. It's enjoyable. And I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving it. But like, I didn't have to turn my brain off for this movie to just like kind of yeah. enjoy it. And so it was nice. I like it a lot. Do you think they're going to make a sequel? Like, do you think this is going to become a franchise now? Well, there are any talks to do a, t- a TV show. With the same characters? Uh, not with the same characters. I think they've actually already filmed everything. It's going to be released through Amazon, I believe. Oh, really? So yeah. wait, so Amazon's doing two D&D-based shows? They're doing Legends of Vox Machina and this? Yeah, I believe so. Wow. Um, or it's it's either through Amazon or no Paramount Plus. I'm sorry. Oh. So this okay. is through because yeah, Paramount um, actually 
Did they was do the this production movie? company. Yeah, I'm pretty remember. sure they were the production company. Of sure, this movie. why not? There's only like three anymore. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> they yeah, I guess they already um, they filmed a show. Yes, but not with Chris Pine and everybody. No. Oh, okay. Um, but in terms of this, okay. I know there was talks to. They didn't even think that this movie would do well. Apparently, I know. Oh, that's very obvious. Yeah, and I, so yeah. they didn't really have it set up where there would be a sequel. But now, because you know, it's been. <sighs> It's done okay. so well. They're kind of just like, you know, we would love to have another movie, um, preferably with the same characters, but we also want to introduce new characters. So we have to kind of think about that. Oh, like, how for are we sure. Do that? Um, so in that case, yes, like I do think it would be great if we could have a sequel and then just introducing maybe more characters to this world would also be really cool. Or maybe it doesn't necessarily have to focus on this group again. But they could be there kind of like in the background. I. So I asked this for a reason, because this movie to me very much felt like a one off movie. Like it didn't. Yeah. It, it was not asking to have a sequel. Um, so I guess like first off, I would be fine to watch a sequel to this movie. But I think each movie would have to be similar in that it's one campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Like in this one. We stopped the evil curse. We saved the day. We're done. Mm-hmm. Right. The next movie, aside from having the same characters, if even that, is just like not. It's not as connected any more than maybe a reference or two to the things that we did before. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same characters. That's as much as you're going to get. It's a completely different thing. We got to go, I don't know, kill a dragon or save a princess or something. Like it's some completely different to where I think it'd be super cool if like each movie could be sort of isolated with a little bit, you know, again, like Indiana Jones, right? Each yeah. of those movies, you could watch each of those movies in isolation with kind of the exception of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but who really counts that anymore? Yeah. Um, and I don't know about this new one. So if you're listening to this episode after uh, Dial of Destiny comes out, I, I'm sorry if I'm like totally wrong. <laughs> that movie's like leans really hard on stuff, but... The original three Indiana Jones movies are all kind of just one-off things. They don't really lean on each other besides maybe a joke or two, right? This movie, if they're going to do a franchise, easily should be the same thing. Yeah. Each movie is just a different campaign <laughs> where, right, where they're just doing something. So the yeah. next one, they save the princess. And the one after, they, they go kill a dragon, whatever. whatever. But like no matter what it is, we're not... We maybe get Forge back, if ever, Yeah. right? Um, we're not doing like, a, oh no, Safina's resurrected in, in movie two. It's like, nope, nope, she's dead. She got crushed. She, she is gone. Like, we're doing something different. If they do that, I'm on board. If the next one is Dungeons and Dragons, Sophina's Revenge, I'm going to be like, <laughs> great. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I'm kind of amazed they're doing a show. Little bummed it doesn't have the same cast got some concerns there but i think i you can definitely tell they didn't anticipate this movie being anything like yeah wowzers and it just kind of blew up i mean and this is what it is man sometimes you take a risk on movies that might just be b movies and they end up being something people want to see and i absolutely agree this is a movie it's not marvel it's not you know I don't know. Fuck it. It's not like an A24 horror thing where it's like not that that's bad but i mean when all your choices are an A24 film or a Marvel movie nowadays, it's like having something else to choose from is nice. So yeah. 
I hope they do it again or do something like this again. But I think that lands us on our final questions here, Amber. So as the usual goes, and hey, this is just like a standard straightforward episode, so I don't really have any other ones. (laughs) (laughs) What are you rating this movie out of our standard 10? And do you suggest people go watch it? Yeah, so I think I give this movie like a nine and a half out of 10. There wasn't really, as we mentioned, like anything wrong with it. Um, I feel like maybe the relationship between Simon and Sophia was not quite there. You I could have Do- done Doric. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Simon Doric, and Doric. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just feel like we could have done without that. Probably like more, they would have been friends. Like, but they did kind of have a nice ending to that too. They were just like, oh, we'll try and give it another shot. There's like yeah. no promises. Um, but besides that, I think like you know everybody did really well and again like it was a well-written plot Mm -hmm. and i could you know i would go watch more movies like this where it's like you know the same like similar campaign setup right right the same characters doing something completely new yeah the only baggage we're carrying over from the previous thing is maybe some references exactly that's it yeah we're not it's not sophina's revenge no. You know, like that kind of thing. No. Um, she's clearly dead, by the yeah, way. Let her be so. dead. Let the, let, the bad guys stay, <laughs> let the bad guys stay dead. Make yeah. up something new. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of D&D, d I know. Right? It's being so, creative. Yeah. Coming up with something something there. I mean, you can do like those epic, oh, but she actually survived somehow things. But I mean, like that's like you're doing it once and it definitely isn't the next thing you're doing, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's my score for the movie. Yeah. Uh, should people go watch it? I assume yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because, again, I it doesn't matter if you play D&D or if you don't. I think you'll still enjoy the totally. movie. Unless you're just really not into fantasy or yeah, anything If you don't like, like fantasy, why are you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> you clicked this episode, damn it. You, you were like, Dungeons & Dragons. Intriguing. Let me see what yeah, they have to say. Yeah, you should have stopped yeah. at Dragons. If you, <laughs> if you heard Dragons and you were like, ew, no. It's like, well, then fuck off. Um, <laughs> you can listen to another episode we did that doesn't have anything to do with fantasy. But... Yeah, for me, I think I I firmly agree with you. I know it's not often, but not rare that I do that. But yeah, nine out of ten, solidly. Like the this movie was by far not like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it definitely feels, you know, I think really a better example, even though it's similar, but a better example than Indiana Jones, The Mummy. This okay. movie yeah. is like the first two Mummy movies. Mm-hmm. It is that sort of globe-trotting adventure where we're running around doing some fun shit. We stop the big bad evil at the end with some magic and stuff, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, we're all happy in the end. Like, this movie is the type of movie that The Mummy was that we just do not get anymore, and it's such a bummer. Um, And it's, well, it was such a bummer. It's great to see that we're kind of getting it now. So, yeah, 9 out of 10, I agree with you. The Simon Doric wrote... I don't even want to call it romantic subplot because it wasn't. It was a casual dating subplot. Was kind of not unwelcome, but it wasn't like I didn't care. Yeah, it was like that one extra bit where I'm like, yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm. I mean, I'm glad they didn't like berate it, right? Like, but by the end, I do have to say, by the end, when she he's like, oh, so we think we can give it a shot. I was like, another shot at what? Oh, yeah, they were dating. That was like the whole reason you knew who this person was. Yeah. But I guess it makes sense because, you know, it's a funny way to be like, I know a druid, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know how we can find this druid. I liked how they th- the cast thanked us 
before the movie started. That was, <laughs> I think every cast should thank the audience. Of this, I, I want to be thanked more by these people. Like, I'm going to the movie to see your movie, yeah. damn it. But the excitement that everybody, I guess, like, felt about, like, doing this film because if you it read shows. it's just like yeah it does yeah. show like everyone's like oh my god like i remember playing D and just like yeah everybody was in this movie they seemed really hyped to be in the movie <laughs> like you and again that's what makes me think of the mummy is it just seems like everyone's just having a good fucking time doing this movie yeah. and that elevates what could have been just like a crappy whatever throwaway like springtime flick yeah. to to like a solid movie that's better than a lot of shit that came out around it you know like i think right now if you said and i'll say it if someone said thomas do you want to go watch john wick again or do you want to go watch this for those of you who always call me on it you know who you are (laughs) time runtime aside (laughs) i'm still picking this movie yeah because this movie was just way more fun than john wick like in that it just was like it was it was a movie. Mm-hmm. It felt like a movie. It wasn't this long, built-up narrative of things where there's a place for that. And it's totally fine. I'm not shitting on it. But sometimes, yeah. man, the number of times I've watched The Mummy, not because it's The Mummy, but because of the type of movie it is, mm-hmm. this is in that spot. This yeah. is like this will be on that. I'll watch it again, especially like if I'm like, I want something to watch. That's like not gonna make me sit there and hurt my brain, mm-hmm. but is not mindless shut it off kind yeah. of thing. And this is totally in that realm. It's great. Absolutely go see it. By the time this episode's out, it might not be in theaters anymore. I don't know. But if it's not rented or watch it on whatever streaming platform, I guess if they're owned by Paramount, Paramount Plus, I guess. But watch it however you want. <laughs> but it, definitely watch it. It's fun. Yeah. Again, if you like fantasy. But. Amber, do you happen to know what we're doing next week? Yeah, so next week we're going to be starting our Megatron Marathon. Exactly. So, yes, we will go through every excruciating movie (laughs) in the Transformers (laughs) franchise just for you. Except the animated one. We're doing Michael Bay only, baby. (laughs) It is the Megatron Marathon here at So What Happens Next, and we are going to do every single Transformers movie leading up. So it's a little bit more than just May. Yeah, It'll go into true. June. Mm-hmm. But it will be every single Transformers movie all the way to the latest film that's coming out in this June, Rise of the Beasts, right? It's not Rise of Beasts, right? Because that's an issue with the Dark of the Moon. Yeah. Which we'll talk about when we get to that movie. <laughs> but <laughs> that title was The Dark Side of the Moon, and then it changed it for reasons. And again, we'll talk about that later. But... We're going to be kicking it off with the first iteration of Michael Bay's uh, uh, franchise here with none other than Transformers. No subtitles. <laughs> Just Transformers 1. Uh, next week as we kick off Megatron Marathon. But until then, as we mentally prepare for that. Yeah. <laughs> that absolute downhill spiral. Well... Yeah, we might be Maybe. blind. Yeah, um, if after Star watching Wars, these, actually. if the Star Wars marathon <laughs> took us like a year, this might take the rest of our lives. Um, hopefully not. We, we promise we're gonna try to do better than we did with Star Wars. That was that was a big like we took way too much on doing all yeah. twelve or eleven of those movies. This one, it's seven, but at least we have 
kind of a date. Yeah, and they go by pretty fast. I mean, there's not much going on in there. It's yeah, like, we're not gonna... You could argue that's one of the reasons why it's tough to get there. <laughs> there's too much of too nothing going on in these, <laughs> some of these movies. But of course, more about that as we get to them. And until then, I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And this is So What Happens Next. We will see you guys next week.